Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, so this is coming out um, on election day, uh, yes. and and so I'm doing this this thing because we're recording Monday night. We want it to be you know as close as possible. Um, <laughs> I'm doing this thing that I, I kind of told myself I wouldn't I wouldn't do again, which is I'm I'm in the process of moving, so I you know wanted to fill the space, and I didn't just want to listen to music. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. And given the time it is, I've been listening to certain podcasts I said I wouldn't listen to again after two years ago, <laughs> which is 538. But the oh, thing I, I thought you were talking about Pot Save America. No, though I did listen to that too today. But the 538 specifically, like Pot Save America didn't exist then, but 538 did. It and did. I, it was just called something else. Yeah. And, and so I, I, you know, had, had backed away. Um, cause I was kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to them today talk about, you know, their projections, what the, the model does. And, and it, it clicked, it clicked to me just, just before we, we started recording as I'm listening to this is that what, what they're doing, what these polls are doing and everything else is trying to predict the behavior of people. And I just thought, what is, what is your biggest rule that 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 and i've talked about on the podcast before which is never expect people to be as reasonable as you think you are and i mean of course and and so i realized that with all these polls and this time of year and the feverishness is i'm expecting people to be what i view as reasonable and that's that's just wrong and in many ways that's what we talk about every week on the podcast is what why do we do these crazy things yeah and there's a kind of a fascinating way in which they're being unreasonable which is like you can't now you can't even expect that someone who responds to a poll is necessarily telling you the truth it's like it's a it's a problem um it's simultaneously it's the internet. It's simultaneously the best way we have of doing this thing, of mm-hmm. trying to gauge who's going to win an election, and it's also terrible. Yeah, uh, we have no better solutions. There, there are yeah. none. Uh, so I think we will devolve into a state of chaos uh, if we haven't already. But uh, just uh, one last plug. We talked about it a lot last week, but go vote today. Yeah. Do it, please. It, it's not. Don't even think about. I know uh, the phrase "civic duty" gets tossed around a lot every every year, two years, four years, depending on you know what election you're talking about. But don't don't think about it as civic duty. Don't think about it like it's homework. You have civic power. This is the way you exert that power. Don't you want to be powerful? Come on, just get out of bed and go vote. If you can go vote in the morning, even better. Go do it so it's done. And then you can head along to your job at a WeWork where if you are at some of the New York locations, you will no longer be able to drink unlimited beer at the office. Yes. I believe you're limited to four, correct? Right. You are limited to 48 ounces of beer. 
Yeah, Max. How <laughs> many beer? Max, how many beers are you guys allowed to to drink in in Boston at work? Is it's um, it's suggested you come into the office having had four, correct? <laughs> yeah, but then you get to have two sessions. Oh, because they're sessionable. Oh, oh man. Oh no. And we split work into sessions. Wait, why would we work? We work care just to save money. They're um, not their employees. So. There, there's a, a. This was something the Wall Street Journal wrote about um, uh, today, and and they they're speculating that um, they are trying to attract prospective clients that are maybe a a, a skosh more uh, traditional or conservative or whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, basically, companies that hate millennials. Yeah, I, I mean, we're not. We have a different topic today, and it is obviously going to be about millennials because that's not really what we talk about. But the whole the whole WeWork well, model and their value is based off of them attracting millennials <laughs> who drink at work, right? Well, so then and then they drink at work, and then they go home, and they're too shit faced to cook anything, so mm. they're assembling something from Blue uh, Blue Apron or HelloFresh. Or plated, as I saw today, and and that or sun that, basket or, uh, you know, food zone or whatever, whatever the eleven trillion of these things are called. Yeah, and and that takes us into to our our topic today, which is not only the well, I should say what what got us thinking about this is Bon Appetit has a a sub brand. I don't know what you'd call it, a, a sub yeah. part of their website. Um, Some site, sister yeah. site, I don't know. So, yeah, so some subsidiary of Bon Appetit is uh, called Basically. And I I really like the website. I don't know if you both have spent time with it a lot, but uh, it's really well laid out, and they have a lot of uh, images showing what you need to buy and little – gifs or gifs depending on your your flavor um showing what you do for each step and it's a really well put together site and it's basically uh, that is though that is their whole genre it's things that you know kind of everybody can do and specifically of late they've been doing 10 by 10 which is a recipe every sunday they send out and then they do a lot of their content and everything on instagram uh on on stuff related to it every week and the idea is is they're they're kind of simple recipes but you learn some skills and then they're they can be kind of staples in your kitchen and as it relates to this whole blue apron and hello fresh and plated and whatever else i i asked the question of of y'all which is who is this 10 by 10 thing for and sean you you had an immediate answer but i, I think that there's there's something more that's going on here, and I, I, as always, I don't know if it's good or bad. Uh, so I, I would, I would love to talk about this. I and I think, so I think that we're talking about two very, uh, very different things. If we're talking about meal prep services, mm-hmm. and uh, and this ten by ten thing, which I know, at the very least, uh, we've all made one of the recipes together. Yeah, we actually um, made the very first recipe. We did, and I, I have made it uh, at least one and maybe two times since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, that specific recipe, which is uh, spaghetti pomodoro, yes. which means just means tomato spaghetti, literally. Yes. Um, 
and, and and so I I think they're aimed at two different. I don't know. Maybe maybe the demographics are are less are less different than I I initially thought. But mm-hmm. the core group seems to be um, uh, younger people who who don't who are intimidated by cooking or, or particularly in the uh, in the case of your your meal prep services are are maybe intimidated by going to the grocery store and that so that is the place i i should i'll i'll go ahead and and say that i have tried both of these things made the bon appetit you know the basically recipe uh and i've also done trials for both blue apron and HelloFresh. so i'm i would say i'm modestly familiar with this world um, I like the Bon Appetit model way better <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, because I feel like I have a pretty good baseline of, you know, cooking and, and you know, want to kind of build some more skills on top of that. But more importantly, I genuinely enjoy the grocery store. Um, yeah. And, and I trust I trust myself to pick out the things you know, uh, the version of a red onion that is the most appealing to me or like the, you know, the best tomato I can find at Wegmans. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you say that and, and I think one thing and it, it, Max as well, we're, we're all pretty comfortable in the kitchen. I mean, the fact that we were hanging up, hanging out on a Saturday night and decided that we were going to make this, you know, easy to make dish but a thoughtful dish together is one thing so a comfort in the kitchen i might not be able to step into those shoes but uh the the fear of going to the grocery store the fear of thinking we've certainly talked before about us going to the grocery store differently but there has been a big change here in max i'm curious that that discomfort with going to the grocery store it might just be a hassle uh, I think of people that live in New York and the the tales of the Trader Joe's. Max, have you noticed now that you live in a in an, a, a full urban area? Is do you think that the terrors of the grocery store are real ones? In some places, yeah, I'm sure there are. Because um, I live outside of a full urban area, and even my grocery store, like I I won't go to it at certain hours. It's just mm-hmm. not manageable. Um, mm-hmm. You because you have to like go around the store at the pace of the line and that's not that fun does it so i think that a differentiator in in grocery stores is does your grocery store that you go to now have a parking lot yes it does okay because i was i was gonna say that's when you've gone full you've gone full urban so i oh when your grocery stores no longer have there's tiny ones that yeah that don't have okay so i i i will say i don't think i had quite finished uh my my analysis of like who the target audience is yeah Uh, i think there there are two other kind of special considerations that make you a particularly a prime target for um for meal prep services one is that what you just talked about uh millennials in urban areas with the, the nightmare of the trader joe's line that wraps around the entire store just to check out um and i think there's also a lot, you know, and I, I certainly grew up around a lot of these people. Like, you know, I think a lot of us came up in a generation where 
um, we know people who had two working parents, yeah, um, two full-time working parents. And so they ne- didn't necessarily eat a lot of home-cooked meals. So I think, I think there's a lot of value in something like Blue, Blue Apron for someone who grew up who whose maybe lack of kitchen confidence is rooted in home cooking not being quite a prevalent part of their life and and i think i think that's a good thing um you know i i think i love to cook and i i want other people who are interested in dipping their toe into the water and, and learning how to cook to be able to do it in a way that makes sense for them and I know that I learned a lot of stuff from, you know, being in high school or, or coming home for for breaks in college and, and watching my mom and my grandmother cook and asking them questions about stuff. But if you're already 24 and working a 60-hour-a-week job in New York, which we know is basically a part-time schedule, yeah. um, you, you don't have that option available to you. So you kind of, you've got to get it somewhere else. And so if... Blue Apron provides that service to you, I think it's a great thing. Um, it's also, you know, they put a lot of value uh, in in the way they market their service on the idea that they're cutting down on food waste. You know, everything is very carefully meted out in exact quantities. They assume that you have 11,000 uh, bowls of, of every different size known to man to hold mm-hmm. white pepper and black pepper and red pepper and uh, Aleppo pepper and, and all sorts of other things um, in the prep stage, but you know I think there's a you know there there that opens the door to a question that I think is a relevant one for for these millennial focused services, which is is it actually a good value for what you get? And for me, the answer was no. Um, yeah. I, I I think that you know I. Um, I probably eat too much food just from a quantity perspective. So I didn't necessarily stretch what they had long enough to really ring some value. You know, they, they talk about $10 a serving. Like that's their, that's their everyday price. That's not a value. If you're like, if you have any sort of, acuity or, or skill at a grocery store in identifying you know even if you don't pierce you're a, a pretty savvy sale shopper but like even if yes. you're not you know paying ten dollars serving for something like that is that's a jack you're getting jacked yeah and max i don't know if you know anybody uh who's who's done done the service but i i just was in a place where someone and they were older they're probably uh late uh, they might be 40 um and the first thing they brought up was that price point I mean, max have you interacted with anyone who has been one of those blue apron or something users yeah so so multiple of my current roommates um have done it slash do it actually yeah um and- i've been told that and now i'm gonna I, I wish i had it written down i don't know but i I recall that one of them was a lot better portion size wise, but I don't know which one it was. I want to say maybe HelloFresh was or plated. They both both the roommates that had done it said that one had much larger portion sizes. Um, yeah, the prices per serving is about the same. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
And and I have heard that too, is like the portion size, as Sean just mentioned, and other people have mentioned too. But the is is it at issue? But the the price thing is is interesting. And again, I think that I'm pretty savvy. Sean, you shop differently. Max, uh, you shop very differently than me in some ways. Um, but as far as like what what's our driving factor? But I think we all recognize that or at least I did, the person who was like, oh, it's only $10 a serving. I could tell by the way they were talking about it, they had not done any cooking for themselves before. So mm-hmm. this is this becomes like this, this like, uh, you know, this post to tie your horse to because they're like, oh, this is great. It's like, well, actually, you've never been on a horse before and you that's not what you tie it to. That's a light pole, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, so for my roommate, the price is definitely not the argument. And I mean, he knows it's overpriced, but he likes that it, gives him an opportunity to exactly mainly try new recipes and i mean he keeps the recipe cards mm-hmm. and he he says he's only had one it was the one he had i think last week that he didn't like um every other recipe has been really good um and then i think one of them maybe is also um you know better for teaching like techniques maybe but i would that's yeah. what i would want it for is not only teaching different techniques but also di- um teaching how to use ingredients that you may not typically use yeah Interesting. Okay. So, and I think for me, like, I think that is one of the, that is one of the things that I appreciated about Blue Apron when I tried it is that they, they definitely included ingredients like because of, you know, they're, they're choosing the menu, not you. So, you know, they, they include ingredients that you maybe are unfamiliar with. And, and in that way, for someone who is already reasonably comfortable I think I could see some potential value in, you know, trying it out for a couple weeks just to sort of get you out of your comfort zone and working with new things. But I also had one other major concern, which is, um, so I just had a, um, I just had a package that got delayed. Um, and when that's a pair of shoes, that's not a problem at all. Uh, because shoes don't go bad, uh, but meat does. And if you, if one of those packages, if a Blue Apron package gets delayed by even one day, as happened to me, it's unusable. Um, and and I will credit, I will credit the company. They were responsive and they promptly refunded me my money. But you know, that's a a huge potential problem and if you are relying on a meal prep service to be like the way that you feed yourself at home and that happens and you get a crate full of brown meat that you can't use anymore then you're kind of fucked well so and that's absolutely correct but one thing i i realize as you say that is, is that i think that and we just talked about it. who is the, who is this for, which is the majority of people who, quote unquote, are relying on the service are probably able to make alternative plans. Um, you That's know, they fair. can go they can go they can uh, get uh, use seamless to get their their Thai food instead that night. But they put goji uh, berries in their Dropbox. I was a yeah. drunk uncle from Saturday Night Live for Halloween. Um, I I. I but I do like 
I'd like to think though it's it's more kind of what what Max is talking about with with is you know why people are using it is that I like the the trying new things part because I enjoy the challenge and the exploration of the kitchen and goodness knows it's hard enough to find a good recipe website um, one that isn't just overbearing and and there's too much text uh, as as we've run into before. Uh, but you know, if that's the foray, if that's how people get to, to to be a little more confident, and maybe you don't have to think about it, but you enjoy the the newness and and keeping those cards. I mean, I think that's really great. And kind of back to, uh, you know, maybe think about this first. I think that's what basically is doing, or at least I like to think of it as that is it's doing that, but it's going a step further and saying, hey, this is something you can. You can take more control. You can go to the grocery store. It's yeah. not hard, but you can kind of, you know, you can even customize it a little bit. But we're going to give you a staple that you can make for literally the rest of your life. And, um, you know, it'll all be, always be tasty and you'll be confident as opposed to, uh, I think, what these, the Blue Apron stuff builds up your confidence a little bit so you're comfortable in the kitchen. And with, with this, basically, these recipes, uh, you're you're confident in controlling the kitchen, yeah, um, I, I and what think, goes in and out. Yep, and, and I'm I'm glad you said that. That to me, it, the biggest distinction is that I think that Blue Apron is, if I had to distill the value prop of these two entities down, I would say that at least as I look at it, Blue Apron is you know, uh, piquing your interest in cooking for yourself. Basically, 10 by 10 is more about demystifying the kitchen, demystifying cooking techniques, and then empowering you with a foundation of those staple things like spaghetti pomodoro um, that you can then build on or, or helping you deal with certain situations and and this brings me to uh one of the most recent 10 by 10 recipes that i I know you and i talked a little bit about and i think you were you know i think you were less than pleased with it um and it was just it was a a salad yeah uh but really really it was a recipe for a dressing and You know, I, I, I think I, I sort of get, I get that it's something where it, you know, if you've been making spaghetti pomodoro, if you, you know, they even had another a salad earlier in the, on the run that was like a, a pretty substantial steak salad and it yes, was delicious, yeah, um, or or like sheet pan meatballs, you know, you open it up on a Sunday and you see, oh, it's a yogurt uh, yogurt ranch dressing recipe. And it seems to be drizzled over what looks like just some plain lettuce. Uh, yeah. This is unappealing to me. Um, and I can say that I have made that dressing uh, multiple times already. Yeah. Um, it, since that recipe came out. Because it's amazing. It's really good. Yeah. And, you know, if you read the the post that went alongside it which you know i know is also one of your your bugaboos with recipes is is 
you know, a, a spattering of text alongside it that is not the recipe itself. But which they're good about. They don't. They don't. Have, sure. They get to it. They get to it. But you know, I think they framed it really well, and, and this goes back to the idea of they're demystifying kitchen situations. Who among us has not been invited to a potluck and wondered, what the fuck do I bring? What can I make? Especially like if you have a friend who's really good at cooking, you know, make stuff that's really good and, and interesting. You know, that can be a really intimidating situation to get invited yes. and, and feel like you have to, you know, you've got to step up and perform. Um, and it's just like, we want to make sure, we here at Bon Appetit want to make sure that when you're in this situation next, you don't have to be intimidated. You can say, I'll just bring a salad. And you can make something that's really simple. You know, it's very it's very easy to make. The toughest thing in that dressing recipe is uh, grating a clove of garlic. And, like, that's, I have a microplane because I'm a nerd. So, like, that was... You know, that was great, but you could even, you could substitute garlic powder into that recipe really easily and it would still be very good. And you just, you don't have to be afraid of the situation. Well, and and that's what I like about this. Yeah. And maybe more importantly, um, Max, when is the last time, if ever, you have made a dinner where there were multiple plates and by that i mean you put down a salad and then there's a main course and then there's a dessert i don't know if i've ever done something like that but if you're going to do it real if you're going to entertain i think you kind of need that salad recipe no yeah no i don't i don't know that i ever have either but that's a great point um yeah i can get the entree down the desserts for sure but no salad i mean like having having a salad in your bag of tricks is so I, I can I can attest just from entertaining a crowd of one uh, that you know having a, a bankable salad that you can just you can make without having to go look something up and you just you know how to do it like I just I make a Caesar salad but the the whole big trick is that half of it is kale and half of it is romaine like <laughs> even something as simple as that you know it. it it can really impress people. Yeah, and maybe maybe we can kind of come to to a point in some ways here with this, which is that. And I said at the beginning, is like, is this is this good or bad? And I think it is good. Like, even Blue Apron is good. People are spending time in in their apartments that they probably pay too much for, and they're and they're cooking, and you know, you're helping an economy, maybe not the local economy, but. Uh, and then basically you're you're trying to become a confident person in controlling something from start to finish um and i'm just trying to think okay why why is this why is this good and you know i kind of hope that people are becoming more skilled in in something that i think is enjoyable for a lifetime it certainly makes me feel better as a person to have that relaxing time um though maybe others find it in netflix and then the other thing is as we did i hope I hope people get in the kitchen and then they, maybe not the first time, but the second time and third time and so on, they're sharing it with people. Because that's some of the most fun times I've had is making food with people and sharing it. it yeah, it's one of the it's one of the best things about food and about cooking. You know, I think I think of 
the first time you wrote a recipe for the the website, you did the Godfather pasta, and you, you yeah. included the the clip of of Clemenza telling Michael Corleone about in case you ever need to feed twenty guys, and sometimes you yeah. need to feed twenty guys. Sometimes you need to feed three people and just, you know, either way, it's, it's good to be able to have that shared experience. I, I was, um, I was responding to some sort of, uh, like survey looking for people to participate in a, a kind of marketing conference. And one of the things that was asked in the survey was, uh, what's the best slogan you've ever seen on a t-shirt? And uh, and why? And I, I, I mentioned uh, a T-shirt that that Emily and I saw when we were at this place in Asheville called Biscuit Head uh, that she actually bought. And their slogan is "Put some South in your mouth." And I was thinking about that slogan and and how yes, it you know it's a catchy rhyme and it's got the whole double entendre ish thing that that kind of grabs your attention. But really, thinking a level deeper than that about where food figures into the Southern thing as it were. And, you know, it's this beautiful thing that brings people together. It's a way of communicating. It's a way of expressing your love for people. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I love to cook so much. Um, Even if I'm cooking for myself, it's an expression of self love. And, you know, it's a, it's a thing that's worth sharing. And so it, if there are ways uh, you know, if Bon Appetit can help me or you or anyone who's listening to this podcast or anyone who's not listening to this podcast achieve that for themselves, I think that's an unambiguously good thing. Yeah, and I think as as Max knows well, there's there's few things better than having a conversation amongst people who make chili on basically a weekly basis if it's okay to put in pineapple or not. I know I, how Max. I, uh... I know how Max feels. <laughs> I made. I made Guinness chocolate chili last night. Oh, wow! You really do make chili every week. I was so so no joking. I do. The last time I encountered Guinness and chocolate together, we were in a wedding cake. So, chili—that's an interesting left turn. It was. <laughs> oh no! I think that. Um, okay. See, and I think that would be great. And now I am. Yeah, I'm I would love intrigued. to share that or try it on my own and fail, and then say it was actually really great because no one else was there. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you have thoughts on meal prep services, if you have been doing basically this ten by ten challenge, and, and you wanna you wanna talk about with uh, talk about it with us, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod, or drop us a line at It's Pretty Okay uh, at Gmail dot com, and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. All right, moving along. It is time, as it is every week, for uh, one of our friends to unburden himself. It's Pierce is sorry. And what is on the apology docket this week? So as I, as I said uh, to you guys last week, um, you know, after, after getting one out of the way last week, uh, I would, I would transition to the things that I need to apologize for after my trip abroad to Germany in, in Italy. I don't think I did anything bad to Austrians, but I'll probably remember it, remember it later on. Um, so the the very first thing I did when I got to the airport in Munich was uh, decided it was, you know, before 8 a.m. In, in my mind, it was 2 a.m., I think. I think it was six hours ahead. Uh, so I decided I wanted coffee. And 
so I I walk through, and Munich actually has a really cool airport. And to get to the the better terminal where I was where I was going to to wait for someone, um, walked through this this really nice open air area, beautiful morning, and I see around me that people are outside, and and they are also having morning beverages, but their morning beverages are different than mine. Their morning beverages are beer because Ooh. I decided I wanted coffee. Um, so I walked over and got coffee, and and of course, what I'm apologizing for today is 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 really that I bought coffee instead of beer um, because of you know some kind of shame or whatever. But uh, you know, really, it's it's not even just that that I I felt a shame in a moment, like oh, I can't drink a beer this this early. No, I said to myself, it's vacation; you should do what you want. And I told myself I I, I wanted coffee, uh, and. And it's not even that the coffee wasn't very good because I understood that would happen. It's, it's very much a fuel thing. What what I am apologizing for is a poor fiscal decision. The coffee was more expensive than the beer at the airport. <laughs> so so this is really a celebration of the Munich airport in some ways. And you know I'm I'm sorry for not taking failing to take advantage of that. Uh, so yeah, if you're at the airport in Munich, buy beer, not coffee. Bless you to the Munich airport for that. Whoo! Um, okay. So uh, it, it is time, as we do, to close the show with a big idea from pop culture. And uh, I, I briefly floated the idea uh, before we started recording of just doing an episode where I just did like 10 of them uh, because I have a lot of stuff. It's been... It's been a busy week in that in that regard for me, which I'm I'm very happy about. There's a lot of stuff that you know that I've been enjoying, uh, but no contest. the The thing that I really want to talk about this week is uh, this is coming out on November sixth, and that means that uh, once again, come and gone is the Virginia Film Festival. Now, uh, we all went to the University of Virginia, so I lived in Charlottesville as a student for four years. And I am in my uh, fourth November uh, living here as a a working adult. Uh, In the previous four Novembers that I lived in Charlottesville, I saw a grand total of one film. Uh This was a great, great failing on my part. Uh, Tickets were free for UVA students. All I had to do was request a ticket. All I had to do was put forth the absolute bare minimum effort, and I didn't flip and do it. Yeah. Fortunately, this time around, uh, I had somebody who was much more gung-ho about the whole enterprise than I was, and uh, just requested a bunch of tickets, and even went as far as to kind of preemptively buy uh, civilian tickets uh, in advance for me to go see movies with her. Uh, and I would like to thank that person, Emily, uh, because I saw three movies this weekend that were, uh, that ranged from good to excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night I saw the front runner, uh, which is, uh, so Sunday night I saw the front runner, uh, which is a, a Gary Hart biopic, uh, 
based on a book called All the Truth is Out that I, I read a couple years ago and really enjoyed. It's about um, what is kind of seen as the first modern political scandal. It's Gary Hart was... Monkey business! Yes, was the, the Democratic frontrunner uh, in, in 1988. And going into primary season... Uh, allegations surfaced that he was having an affair with his wife uh, or with someone who was not his wife, obviously. Um, and a picture surfaced of him on a yacht called Monkey Business in what is just truly uh, the the worst confluence of circumstances ever uh, with this uh, this model. And reporters were tailing him around D.C. They were staking out his townhouse. Uh, and, and he he basically just refused to engage the whole time and he he kept he kept arguing that you know uh, we didn't do this to Jack Kennedy or Lyndon Johnson who were obviously you know screwing people that were not their wives in the white house um and he said i've got ideas that's what matters my uh, my private doings are are not what matter and uh the, the press and the people said no uh, we we disagree and you know that in a lot of ways seems like it has maybe led us to to the the point where we are today um it was a good movie uh Hugh Jackman plays Gary Hart and, and I think it, it's a good performance I think he does a good job uh, we saw a documentary on the artist MIA who is a really fascinating person yes. uh, with a fascinating life. Uh, I did not know. I, I knew that she was, you know, outspoken and, and an activist, but I didn't know that she grew up as the daughter of uh, the leader of uh, Tamil rebel force in Sri Lanka. Uh, and, and just thinking about what that does to your life, you know, when you grow up in a war zone, um, and feeling like you have a responsibility to use your position of fame and influence to to talk about this this thing that people with no connection to it might just find unpleasant. Um, what I want to say is that uh, whenever it comes out, everyone just everyone really needs to race to go see if Beale Street could talk. Um. It's uh, it's a, a movie directed by Barry Jenkins. It's an, an adaptation of a James Baldwin novel. Uh, it's a story of love and pain and prison and blackness and family. And it was one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. And um, I, I was trying to think as I was watching this movie of how to describe just the way it's shot and the best word I came up with is empathetic and and just I couldn't help but think you know just even of the way that Jenkins shot characters looking at each other you know there's this sense of incredible empathy for the things that everyone goes through and and the things that everyone feels and I, I just I really love the movie. It was so good. It it just it needs to win awards. It's a, it's a really incredible thing. And I I hadn't seen Moonlight, so this was my introduction to Barry Jenkins, and I was 
blown away. He's truly, he is a genius. Yeah. Um, yeah, Moonlight is one of the most important movies I've seen in the last, I don't know, five years. And the film festival, I'm glad you got to enjoy it. It's something that I availed myself of and a lot, actually, uh, school, the, the second, third, and fourth year, I believe. And, um, yeah, if anyone's ever in Charlottesville in early November, like, it's it's a must-do. Um, yeah, I mean, one, one time I saw all the president's men and uh, Woodward and Bernstein were there. I, like they talked, they talked about the movie afterwards. I saw, I saw the the people versus Larry Flint, and Larry Flint was there, um, talking. I, I saw. So um, I went and saw JFK, and Oliver Stone was there. This, is, I mean, this is it's the coolest thing, and I you know, did it for free. That is yeah. really neat. Yeah. And, and honestly, even if you're paying movie ticket prices for it, like it's worth it. It's such a. I'm I'm ashamed of myself that I didn't take advantage of it as a student because it's such a cool event and I kept I, I was talking about it with people like at work last week you know talking about what I was going to do and I kept trying to think of like who is the outside organization that partners with UVA to put this thing on it's it's a production of the University of Virginia so that was you know I, I'm, I'm all the more disappointed in my 2010 to 2014 self for for not taking advantage of it because you know, it was something that really and truly is unique to the environment that we were in. And, and I'm I'm glad that it's something that I have access to now. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, it was, it's something that's really unique about UVA and, and Charlottesville that I'm so glad it exists. All right. On that note, that is the end of the show which means you can take out your headphones and go vote. Do it. Go vote. Uh, you can find us. But on only, wo- only vote once unless you're dead. In oh. which case you can just vote as much as you want normally. Uh, right? All right. All right, Jefferson. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at PrettyOKPod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to our feed on your device of choice. Episodes will appear every Tuesday without you having to go track us down. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on most of the places that you listen to podcasts. Uh, If you have a a fancy special podcatcher and and we're not there, uh, drop us a line at itsprettyokay at gmail.com and we will uh, try to figure out how to get it to you. If you subscribe to the pod, thank you. Uh, please do us one more favor and leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or find a friend who you think might be interested in what we're doing and uh, tell them about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Matt. Thanks, boys. Bye.